Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. I like messing with him, but he's got the perfect face for radio. <laughs> it's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Willie Ramirez helping out as the company today. Angels here at the uh, BBBC Battleborn Broadcast Center. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studio. Stormy, we'll check in with Stormy Bonatoni, ringside reporter for your Vegas Golden Knights. Are out to a one nothing lead in the series after a four to one win last night. So lots of VGK coming up in the Big Five, and uh, we'll come out of the gates with a bunch of basketball updates. Before we do it, uh, tonight's game with the Aces, super stud. Sabrina Ionescu out. She is out. Why? She she uh well she's dealing with another uh, ankle tendonitis, and it's in the same ankle that she suffered a grade three sprain uh, a year ago, and she underwent an operation in November for the injury, and it reportedly made a full injury, but apparently it's given her some problems. So she um, she missed Sunday's game against Phoenix. The Liberty won eighty five eighty three, but now they come into town and play the. Uh, High-powered Las Vegas Aces, Asia Wilson and company, of course, the reigning MVP. So the Liberty are definitely going to have their hands full. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. We'll do it live. All right, we got the answer we're looking for. We got the answer we're looking for. We're live right now. Thanks for the heads up, Bill. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. James Harden, yay or nay? He's playing. He's Easy. playing, and man, the Vegas boards, gambling numbers around the country, things are moving quick. Do you see any pick'ems yet? Because it went from four and a half at one point. It was sitting at three most of the day, two and a half. Uh, I just got the Bucks minus one. But Harden is going to play. He is going to give it a go. How much he plays, how effective he is, who knows? Yeah, so was, I kind of was reminiscent of the old Vegas days with Jerry Lewis and Ed McMahon. Look at the tote board because <laughs> I'm looking at the live lines and the screen's just flickering and the line just dripping and the total climbing, hardened back. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it's funny because the rundown says pressure on KD. Well, I don't know how much pressure now, but, you know, I, if there was one game that – Let's just go back for a minute before he he went out there because Brian Mahoney, my colleague with the Associated Press, had said that he went out there and, and put forth the warm-up and the workout, and he looked fine when he walked off the court. But let's say prior to that, I mean, you know, if there's one game when you're and you're arguably one of the greatest scorers in the world and, and possibly of all time, I mean, if there was one game that he needed to step up. And surprisingly, this has been somewhat of a defensive series as it is anyway. Um, you know, I think this is definitely a boost in – in Brooklyn's favor, but the same token that to- that that line is holding steady at Milwaukee. I wonder if you know the the sharps are holding it there, and if it's telling you something. Just the way that the Bucks played in Game Three. Now forget Game Four uh, when they lost Irving, but uh, I I don't. It's it's it, I've been really impressed with the just the defensive nature of this series, and and a little surprised. I'll be honest with you. Number four. News uh, coming down last day and a half. Uh, Gerard Gallant has a job again. He's got a job with the Rangers in New York. Good coach. Uh, a little bit old school. Obviously, didn't mesh with the uh, 
guys upstairs with the Golden Knights after a while. He certainly matched year one because he took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final. So what do you think of the hire? I like the hire. I was I was watching you guys last night when I got home from the Golden Knights game and and the whole, you know, his temperament and, and the New York media and and how he's going to handle that. And and I think that his somewhat no-nonsense approach and no bull and um, bit, of, bit of brashness, if you will, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, he really didn't have a problem when you question. You know, he the one time I remember him walking off the dais was, was with the Review Journal's Dave Shane. And, you know, Adam will tell you this, and I think he's probably told this story. It's, it's no secret after the fact. He came back. It was it was a matinee game, and then there was a college game after with some hyped up you know doubleheader. He came into the press room, and uh, Grainy and Adam were giving him crap, saying, "You know, man, how could you attack Dave?" And Gallant started laughing. He said, "Man, you know, I really like Dave, and it wasn't him. It was just that irritating question before that, right? In the silly analytical, statistical, off the cuff." I think he'll be fine with the no-nonsense New York media that's going to come at him because he's going to fire right back, and I don't think it's going to be in a salty way. I think, well, I think don't don't storm off. So you yeah, did I that here. Don't don't yeah. do that. And the other thing he's going to have to come to grips with is, and listen, it drives him nuts. But there are going to be guys in the locker room who are going to speak to the media, and yeah. maybe they don't go through you. And I think that's what used to set him off the most is like, what? Who who said what? Yeah. Like now. That, that's the little Vegas media yeah. that was bothering you because players were saying something to them. You know, there, there's – even though, it, you know, it's it's not the number one beat, certainly. The right. Rangers not the number one beat. There's going to be a lot of people there, though. Like, you got to you gotta dial it down a little bit in terms of getting all fired up because someone's saying something in the locker room. This is a unique organization in Las Vegas where we all, as the media members, we do wonder where a lot of the, you know, who said what, what, you know, or, or like you were saying um, – we don't know where that directive comes from. If it's if it's if it's the coaching staff that's keeping the players hush up, it's it's higher up, whether it's GMGM or GMKM or everybody, you know, everybody's hush hush. Because I believe that Galant has no problem had no problem telling us about injuries or if he really was. And when DeBoer first got here, he was telling us about injuries, and then all of a sudden that stopped. So that's coming from somewhere. So um, yeah, it, 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 I think I'm looking forward to it. Now, of course, I'm New York born. And growing up, the Rangers were were my team, so it uh, you know it, it I'll enjoy covering when we're all back to normal and back to regular divisions. That Rangers visiting the Golden Knights game will be will be fun. Oh yeah, well, he'll want a little revenge for that one. <laughs> Number three. So great time last night. Knights win four uh, one. You know it was relatively easy uh, once they pushed out to a three to one lead. Uh, fans were getting raucous. You know fans here have a good time. I don't know. You know, I keep hearing about how great uh, hockey is in other cities where they're sitting on their hands. And again, last night we saw bitching and moaning about, uh, and this is outside the market, about the pregame festivities, the sword, the siren, the dancers. You know, hockey can stand on its own. Then there's a beach ball being bounced around and people are bitching about that. When does this end? Is this just a, it's a jealousy that's going to go on forever? It's, they're just salty. They're just salty. It's the new kid on the block. They're bringing that new age of, you know, of, of uh, pregame entertainment, they're not used to it. It's an original six franchise in their town. It's it's hockey, hockey, hockey. And the fact of the matter is, is that you know that you have other players that are wanting to come here. I just did. A, I've done two features now in the last I don't know how month on 
Petrangelo or, or featured him in stories. And it goes back to his first statement was that top reason, the atmosphere, wanting to come here. When Pacioretty came, you know, it was, it was all about the atmosphere and wanting to play for this crowd, wanting to play in the electricity, wanting to play in the vibe, wanting to play for the organization. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today, a season ticket holder, and the fact that, you know, well, don't you think that, because I said, you know, I, I really feel bad for the diehard Vegas Golden Knights fan when this team falls off and has a couple of down years because you guys have been so entitled to the winning. They said, well, don't you think people are going to want to keep coming here? The state income taxes, this is that. I said, yeah, that's great and everything. But if a play, if a team really wants a, a player bad enough, they're going to cut and, and, and they're bargaining against Vegas. They're right. saying, well, hey, I'm going to lose an extra $1.2 million. They're going to find a way to bargain that in or something, somewhere or another. The bottom line is people want to come here to play because of that crowd that electricity and that includes other players that are playing on other teams and around the country so this yeah i think it's just salty fans and they you know they're the original six and they're coming in here with a little bit of an up in the attitude yeah you know i, I told a i told a fan from out of the market last night because uh, i saw someone tweet about the uh, pregame stuff that the golden knights do and someone said drop the puck and play hockey is fun enough don't need a pregame production you kind of do yeah, you kind of do. I'm sorry, but it's telling last week, and I brought up these numbers because it's kind of shocking. You know, middle of last week, Suns Nuggets on TNT, 3.5 million viewers. Islanders Bruins, and we're talking New York market. Yeah, it's Long Island, but so what? New York market and Boston market. Islanders Bruins, the basketball. Which so I mean, those are outlier cities. Phoenix and Denver, those are outlier cities, and they still got three and a half million. Islanders and Bruins didn't crack one and a half million. They got more than doubled by a freaking Denver, Phoenix. NBA game, and then in the middle of them beating the NHL, Oklahoma, Florida State softball. Yeah. So for hockey fans, guys, there aren't enough of you guys. They got to expand the audience. And I know it sounds stupid, like pregame festivities ain't going to be the only thing that expands the audience, but whatever they can embrace to be more hip, get younger, have more fun, not be so stuffy, you better embrace it. It's 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 catching on that Seattle hired the guy who created everything the 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 creative mind that started everything here in vegas was mm -hmm. uh jimmy greco was as yep. seattle brought him in so it's 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 certainly catching wild wildfire as to these pre-game hype is pre and you and you better you better believe that the nhl loves it oh, of course so of course everyone's sitting on their hands in a super quiet nervous playoff environment sucks no one wants that jay lawrence who's watching our video right now you can comment up on uh, either on uh, our Twitter feed or on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, Jay Lawrence said, it's just jealousy. I see it from my friends who are hardcore hockey fans. They hate VGK. And I see a lot of that out there. Oh, they're definitely – there's definitely haters. I mean, and the success, first four years, how dare you, you know, that, I mean, that, that fuels it. If, if this team was as bad as it was quote-unquote supposed to be mm -hmm. as an expansion team – there probably wouldn't be as much hate. There would be more laughter. And it would be more like, you guys have a great show, but you got a crappy team. But now yeah. it's, you know, shut by that way, show down. By the way, what do you think is going to happen to Seattle next year? They have all this entertainment if they do suck. I, I saw the the first number I've seen for their over-under for total points is 66.5. If they're a dreadful team, you think anyone's going to care about what their pregame festivities are? Not in Seattle. Not the fans. No. But no. outside the market, no one's going to care either. No, and they're not going to say a word. And 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 it's Vegas. Yep. It's Vegas. If if Seattle's successful, even even halfway to what Vegas did in its inaugural season, 
NHL fans around the country aren't going to care about their pregame. It's Las Vegas. It's it's a whole thing about Vegas. Yes. yes. Number two. Uh, this matchup the rest of the way is uh, Golden Knight take the one nothing lead in the series with a 4-1 win last night. Carey Price was okay at times. It yeah. was great at times. Not, I mean, you know, he got freaking dominated on a couple of the shots. For you, is this series flurry against Carey Price? Because I actually think it's Carey Price against the Knights in general. I, to me, he's got to he's gonna have to play freaking out of his mind. Based on what I saw last night, he's gonna have to play out of his mind. I, I think it's I don't think it's a head to head goalie thing. Flurry's gonna be solid. Right. Carey Price is gonna have to play at another level. Flurry's the one that sort of initiated that from answering a question. Is that this is not you know me against him, or he doesn't look at it like that. The fact of the matter is. It's Flurry against the Canadians, and it's like you said, it's Price versus the Golden Knights. Uh, Flurry's playing out of his mind. I think nine of his 14 starts, he's allowed two or fewer goals. A couple more, it's three or fewer. So um, it's it's not the head-to-head matchup, no, because there are so many other storylines. Obviously, Vegas's depth, the Canadians, in terms of you know just. What they did against Toronto, the the win streak, the seven game win streak, winning three straight, coming back against and 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 the drive to, you know, back to the top of of the NHL, if you will, or into the Final Four. So it's not, but I definitely uh, see your point in that Price versus the Golden Knights and and all that depth. Think about last night; they won four to one, and the top two lines, nothing. That's crazy. What was it? One point. Stevenson had an assist. So I mean. And, and, and you go back to, to the Colorado series where uh, the fourth line had, had production and, and Petrangelo scored, finally scored his first goal. Theodore's first goal last night. First time this postseason three defensemen scored in a game for, for a team. So, I mean, uh, what's going to happen when, when, that, when the first two lines light it up? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's not Flurry versus Price, but it's definite, they're definitely part of the, the headlined storylines in terms of Flurry shutting down Montreal and Price having to face that high-powered, deep Golden Knights offense. Number one. So let's build on that. Okay. The depth. Yeah. Do you see it with the Canadians? How, how are they going to counter this? Because uh, you, you can tell if you're watching the game on TV, there was a point where Micheletti and, and Forslund are just like – the. Montreal can't do anything. It just it just keeps coming at them, and there's no room. Right, and I, you know, it's a great story. I was pulling for Montreal. I wrote some sports betting analysis over the, over the last month in the playoffs, and I was writing up Montreal. I, I I liked what I saw, and it was more so as to lulls I saw in Toronto season regular season flaws that I saw Montreal could take advantage of. I thought Winnipeg, you know. I don't know how the heck they they swept Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton just – I mean, Connor McDavid has to be just beside himself. But the fact of the matter is Vegas faced a team that it was supposedly didn't want to face in the first round, that being Minnesota. Then it faced the President's Trophy winner. And, and, and please stop saying the best team in the NHL. When they both finished with the top points, it was a tiebreaker that gave Colorado the, that – President Trophy. They they were they tied for the top two points. So it wasn't, but they did beat the probably the two toughest opponents back to back that you could ask for. So they came in more battle tested, in my opinion, than Montreal, and found their depth along the way. So it makes them more dangerous. And no, I don't think that Montreal has an answer when everything's clicking. 
uh, last night, you just, you know, you saw those top lines do a lot of work, um, in, whether it was clearing pucks or keeping the puck in the zone. You know, the first period, we keep hearing Montreal played so well. They played so well. They did, they did what they had to do. And if they keep playing like that, I don't think that that was their style anyway. I think it took them out of their game, and they tried to get blend into their game. And I don't think that they really have an answer. I think they have to go back to the drawing board. I'm, you know, uh, they practiced today, and uh, Golden Knights. I don't believe that they did. They just had media availability. So um, I don't know if Montreal has an answer. I really don't. I, and, and going into the series um, last week, we were, I don't know if the series has been decided. But then I also did on the sister station on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny had me on. He asked me what was going to take place. I said five games. Golden Knights. This is. It's not going to be what people think. They're not providing the. Montreal is not going to provide the threat that Minnesota did, that everybody thinks it's similar. I do not think so. I think Vegas is heads and shoulders above. They're going to pull away. I think Montreal will probably get one back there right. and back here game five, and they end up clinching a third straight series in Las Vegas and head back to the Stanley Cup. Well, it's going to be tough on Montreal if Petrangelo continues to play like this and you know, Shea Theodore is kind of getting his confidence back at the end of the last series. Yeah. You saw last night, and he was integral in the first two goals. He got the first goal, freaking blasting it past Price, and got a you know nice shield in front of the net, and then a shot fake, which you almost never oh, see. And was, Price was just like, he it was, was a thing he of beauty. Done. Yeah. And Martinez is like, okay. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny because Shea said, well, he was yelling at me, so I so and he was right, but he 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 wound up for that, and it just drew uh, Price out of the crease or or to the front of it, and left that that net wide open you know so i mean i think that i i just think that the the skill level is is above and beyond the playmakers are there whether you're talking about the blue liners whether you're talking about the four lines even you know even the third and fourth lines last night i mean the, the production uh um peter DeBoer said that you know thought the third line was was the best line on the ice um and, and one thing that i noticed about montreal last night is in that first period, as rugged as they were getting, as, as, as I think that there was more to it. I think they were trying to get into the psyche and get Vegas out of their game. Maybe trigger Ryan Reeves or, or Keith Colasar to sort of create some penalty minutes yeah. by fighting and what. And you saw them kept their cool. The first, the one person that jumped up and lost it was Flurry, yeah, which was great. He basically palmed the uh, Canadian's face with his Gallagher. Yeah, was going on top. Of him. And he said after he said, "I'm used to it. I've played him before. I know what to expect. So eh, it's no big deal, whatever." But I mean, the one person that was ready to to throw was uh was for it which is great he's always said that he's 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 always waited for like if like the what was the, the game uh where the uh earlier it, it, not too a month or so ago remember and, and right off the the puck drop they they everybody dropped the like flurries waited he's I it was he, one of the wild games i thought no not with these two teams but oh, okay. in the nhl remember and oh, they just oh, all okay, dropped okay. their gloves oh was it with the capitals and with it was off of a wilson hit or something but yeah, i can't i can't remember off the top yeah. of my head right but anyway they all dropped the gloves and they started fighting the all all uh all the forwards and um but flurry has said you know he's he there are times that he's looked across the ice that he keeps an eye on if if, if tempers are flaring he'll keep he'll look across the ice at the other goalie and start making a skate you know skating forward it's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. Canadians 
through center, left to right, dumped in. Five seconds left. White Cloud behind his goal, steers it around. The crowd to its feet. The Knights win game one. The final score, Golden Knights four, Canadians one, and a lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie's helping us out today. Uh, Willie Ramirez from the AP. We're reacting to the Golden Knights victory last night. You hear the call there, Dan Duva, Golden Knights Radio Network. 4-1 win, 1-0 lead in the series. So a hell of a start, a little different than the last two series. But the beginning of the game was not easy. Montreal played a really good first 10 or 15 minutes and Alex Tuck on NBC was talking about uh, what improved after that slow start. It took us a little bit to get our legs out from under us, and um, we started playing more as a five-man unit. We were cleaning on our breakouts, right on the forecheck, and I thought we got a lot of more ozone time, which is really key for our game. He's, I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, Montreal you know, came out with a lot of fire, and they just – I don't believe that they came out playing – their style of hockey. I mean, the over-aggressive physicality. You can play heavy, but to play the style of hockey that they were playing, I don't believe that that's the Canadians' style. And then when they try to <laughs> sort of blend back into their style, right. the Golden Knights, as Alex said, they found their footing, right. and then they were in a foot race, and it was all over. Uh, I mean, you know. And I think that was respond- That was one of the reasons there were so many penalties on the Canadian side. Yeah. There were a bunch of, you know, desperation plays, uh, just silliness. Uh, now, in the end, the Knights didn't capitalize on the power play, but you know we were mentioning last night on the podcast, Adam Hill was on, and Adam was saying that the Canadians did point out that you know warm down a little bit. It does trying to close down those power plays. Yeah, uh, you know penalty avoid, kills will do that. Avoid uh, you know something disastrous happening on the power play. Uh, Nick Holden was a big star in the game. He's really been great throughout the playoffs. A guy who's 34 years old, kind of come from out of nowhere. He had a goal last night, and uh, looking ahead. He was talking about getting off to a good start, how important it is, what it means to start out one nothing in the series. To start series, you always want to try and get out to a lead, and so I don't think it's going to change our game plan or how we prepare. We're going to look at uh, how the game went tonight and make sure that we're, we're ready for game two. Uh, that's the, the biggest thing in playoffs is making sure that you're not uh, dwelling or looking too much at the game you just played and, and making sure that you're ready for the next one. Uh, by the way, game going on right now, on the other side of the bracket, Tampa has scored, so eight minutes left in the first. Lightning won nothing on the Islanders. Holden's a ridiculous story. It really is. It's crazy. And he's a fantastic story because he is a regular scratch. He could be scratched tomorrow. You know what I mean? Him, him Ryan Reeves was scratched. You know, DeBoer is is feeling it out. He's, he's feeling the vibe as to what lineup he wants to go with. And I think that's what makes this team so dangerous is we talked about the depth is you never know who's going to play. And at this point, when it's it's that next man, Keegan Colasar said it, next man up mentality. You're in the lineup. You're coming to play. And these guys are embracing their role when it's time to lace up the skates. And they're coming to play. You know, they're, they're, they're firing on all cylinders, no matter who is in the lineup. And Holden is one of those guys. And he's taken it, uh, taken advantage and uh, of his opportunities, and he's played great. He's playing 200 feet of hockey, that's for sure. And he's he's setting things up, and he's being rewarded at the offensive end. And it's it's been fun to watch because of the fact that some of these guys that, you know, aren't the household names are, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the pressure off the big guys. 
Up next, we'll talk to Stormy Vonatoni, especially about the uh, defenseman coming through with three of the goals. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Spins off a check. That elbow from Weber came up hot. Hold it again. Shoots. Score! On the left side, Nick Holden pinched in below the dot. He found an opening from a sharp angle, left wing side. Nick Holden with two goals in as many games. Vegas has a three-goal lead. Four one nights with 10 minutes to play. It's time for VGK ringside reporter Stormy Bonantoni on Cofield and Company. Rocked his crowd. That was a big celebration last night. Once the game got pushed out to four to one, eh, you know, when uh, Price got removed from goal, that got kind of interesting. But uh, nice game in general. Nice to get out to a one nothing lead. 4-1 victory. Stormy was there. She's been all season long. Stormy, how you doing? Great. Where was my Stormy? I know. I lost my focus. I should have just yelled, <laughs> Stormy! Well, he, he, he knows that I'm on today, so it's Storm Dog. Yes. Willie, did right? you get your games in today? Come on, Stormy. Did, I mean, what's going on here? Do, we got we got some behind the scenes. We got to explain what the hell's happening. Games. She means that I go to the gym. Okay, I, got I mean, it. that's like asking, did the sun come up? Oh wow! Look at that. Come <laughs> yes, on, I did come on, Stormy. You are you already know. You should now, of all people. Come on, we go way back. I know. I got to get on your level, Willie. You well, no. I'm just saying you should know better than to ask that. Wow. <laughs> Insulted. I, I'm just I'm just I'm just honored that we are on the air in some capacity together. I mean, you know, we we have family ties. I know Big Rich, and <laughs> and now we're doing we're we're doing some Uh-oh. professional work together. My dad will certainly be excited about this. I'll tell him that your, his name your dad is my guy. His name was mentioned today on ESPN Radio Las Vegas by Willie Ramirez. He'll love it. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, the guy. Well, there's so many the guys last night, but I, I love. I was just saying a couple minutes ago. I love the story of Nick Holden. Yeah, 100. percent How could you not? Um, and he is somebody who's honestly just so beloved by the team as a whole because he is so like fun loving and and unique and cool and he's almost like the dad of the group sometimes and he's Hmm. got his you know he sets up like he's got the best music like memory in all of life so he's just the life of the party really cool guy and obviously this season because of the salary cap constraints he didn't get to play a whole lot this season and now this postseason with the cap constraints kind of lifted he's played in 11 of the 14 games the golden knights have played and from two assists in all the games he played during the regular season he's got seven points in those 11 games two goals and five assists and and he's been playing just just really really well and i think the team is just really happy for him and a great time of year for him to have this happen for him um, you know, Pete DeBoer was talking about just the, the offensive instincts have been there, but he's just such a consistent guy who does the work, and he's now kind of making it hard to take him out of the lineup. And um, plus, he's got a great playoff mustache, so just everything's really working in Nick Holden's favor. And the one thing that I was just that I just brought up, Storm, is that it, which what's great about seeing some of these guys is. You know, in years past, you you, there, you know everybody wants to play, right? And 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 you sort of take your role and, and you accept it. But it seems like they've bought into the philosophy that if it's if they're scratched, they're scratched. If they're playing, they're playing. But when they're playing and it's their time, it's one of the regular scratches, and they're they've really embraced it and they they've bought into DeBoer's philosophy. Like we heard Keegan uh, say, 
what was it a couple of couple of games back where it's or just one of the last media availabilities is it's the next man up mentality and they're just falling right into place and and every any given night you don't know which line's going to step up and like Pete said uh you know it's taking the pressure off the top 6 yeah and i i do i think that that's a real strength that you do have any guy that's coming into the lineup that's able to create a spark and know their role and contribute in different ways and I mean, even in terms of the top six, a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau, we hear it from him all the time saying, obviously, I want to produce every single night and be a difference maker, but if I don't score and we win, that's all that matters. And I think for this Golden Knights team, the end goal is to win a Stanley Cup. That has been the mentality from the start of this season, and, and very few teams, I think, at the start of a year, like everybody can say all they want that they – you know, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup this year, but to actually have the belief and have the components to make that happen are a very different thing. And this team has had that from the start and is trying to carry that into the point that they're at now, and they've obviously had success doing that. But as we've heard from Pete DeBoer numerous times as well, that this is a team that's the sum of its parts, and, um, you know, there aren't really a whole lot of weak links right now. You know, I asked uh, Mark andre that question last week, you know, saying that I'm sure that you guys don't look at the odds. You're not interested in the odds, but the fact of the matter is you're labeled as underdogs, especially against the Avalanche, who were big underdogs. And he just said, yeah, who cares about the odds? We just go out there and play. But there's got to be some sort of, you see it behind the scenes, somewhat of a motivation when you hear it, you read it. Some Maybe some guys just completely ignore the media, but some of them are aware of it. They're on social media. Um, how much do you think that they've actually embraced and relished that, you know, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and believe what you want to believe, and they're just going to come out and prove you wrong. D is there a chip on their shoulder? I think at times there have been, and I that's why the, the term we hear so often with regards to the team is a quiet confidence, that um, this is a group that certainly knows their strengths and know that they can play with and beat anyone when they play a certain way. But at the same time, like, they do have that little bit of chip on their shoulder at times. You look at the series against Minnesota when that was a, a team that the Golden Knights had not won in regulation in Excel Energy Center in their history and have to take that to a Game 7 in an emotional and physical battle. And, you know, they were the underdogs at times in that series because they took a 3-1 series lead and then let it slip. And then you go face Colorado, who's the best team in the NHL on paper for a number of reasons. And despite the Golden Knights being the only team in the league that won 40 games this season, they were the President's Trophy winners. And so um, you get blown out game one, feeling a little bit em embarrassed in a way after that 7-1 loss. And then even despite being the better team in game two, still losing, everybody's counting you out. Everybody. and uh, But you don't. And I think that's, that's, again, where you see the quiet confidence is they weren't talking to us in the media availability like, oh, we're going to, we are 100% going to go on and win four straight and we're da 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 or like we're, we're, you know, we're down, we're probably not going to be able to do it. That's not what you saw. What you saw was a team that was determined and, you know, they knew what they were capable of and have gone on to show it. And now I think in this series, they're in kind of a unique situation with Montreal where Montreal, hands down, is the underdog. Um, you know, Vegas can't take that anymore in this series. And so now it's like, okay, how do you play with the expectations that you've already climbed so far up this mountain? Now are you going to get tripped up by, you know, a potential hot goalie if Carey Price gets hot again? Or are you going to get tripped up by 
via the team that is the underdog riding the Cinderella wave. And again, that's where you see the quiet confidence and you see an important game one win last night um, that now they hope to build on. Talking to Stormy Bonatani on Cofield and Company Storm. Um, I got to ask you a question on a personal level, because I know for me in the first four years, you know, you have to, I have to keep my journalist hat on and, and, you know, um, and, and you don't become a fan in the press box. I mean, 18-5 at times, 18,000 people screaming and game-winning goals, and I'm looking left to right at, at whoever I'm sitting next to, Danny Webster or Dave Shane, whoever, going, hey, uh, who got the assist on that? In the meantime, everyone's going wild. For you, you know, it's it's a media role, but you also are part of the team, so you can become a little exuberant. You can, your, your social media uh, presence, you can cheer, you can post positive things. But outside of all that, for all of us, involved in covering this team the the honor that i have felt i'm curious you know in your learning hockey and growing into the role that you have we're never going to see in our time and i believe in our era a goalie like mark andre Fleury. what's it been like for you to just get to know him be pranked by him <laughs> and and just do stories on him because of the person that he is on and off the ice and then the legend that he is growing yeah, um, you know, just a little side story before I guess fully answer that question. It was kind of cool. I received a phone call from one of my old bosses yesterday. Um, one of my old bosses when I worked for the Carolina Panthers, um, and he's a he's a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And he said, you know, the Pens are out, so we're rooting for you guys because we're Mark Andre Fleury fans. And um, and the first thing that I said to him was. And the coolest thing about Mark is that he might be even better in person than you see on TV and that you see in um, in the the media where he where he does do these acts of kindness and these funny goofy things like actually having the one on one conversations with him and you know being a future Hall of Fame goaltender that has three cups and is eyeing another one um, to actually take genuine interest in your life when you don't need to is is a pretty cool and, and unique and special thing that. He really is not only just a person, but he is, um, you know, maybe one of the most unique and special people to be around, which is why this team, um, you know, talks about him the way that they do all of the time. And I do, Willie, like you said, um, really sometimes not just about Mark, but about this team in general, you have to take a step back and realize how special this team is that you get to cover because it, it is kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences and opportunities with the, you know, I, I can't imagine what it must have been like for all of you guys actually getting to cover and be a part of it year one. And now um, for this to be a team that's got some unfinished business, not only from year one, but from last year in the bubble and, and coming so close and not being able to get over the hump to get to that cup final when they felt that they could have and should have. And um, it, it is really, really cool group um mark andre like you said is a really special special person and special talent and um i'll definitely be saving all the photos and videos that i've been able to do and you talk about being in the press box and no cheering in the press box during the regular season i definitely try to keep my journalistic hat on a, a bit more than right now because i am not broadcasting games and i'm not necessarily doing the, the normal day-to-day -day storytelling that i would be that i get to have a little bit more fun with it i'm doing behind the scenes vlog videos and um you know i get to have a little bit more genuine reaction while i while i am shooting the stuff on my cell phone for the vlog and for the team um to help out in that area 
it is kind of cool just to just to enjoy it and soak in the environment because usually you know i have those big like sound canceling earpieces in when we're broadcasting the game and i've got dave and shane blaring in my ears and i honestly the crowd is is very like low for me in my ears during a normal broadcast so now really getting to soak in like the opens of a game where normally I would be talking on TV. I get to watch all the new opens that our team has created. And I I get to like kind of soak in things a little bit more, I think, which has been unique. Stormy, good job. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll catch up with you soon. Okay. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. There she is. Stormy Bonatoni, ringside reporter for the Golden Knights. Yeah, this is a, it's quite a ride. It's pretty cool. What's going on right now. And year one was amazing. But it, to me, it does feel different this time around. Um, this is a really good team. I mean, we knew we knew they were a little bit shorthanded year one. They've loaded up, and uh, they just, as you mentioned earlier, they just got through two really, really tough tests in the Avs and the Wild. I'll tell you a fun flurry story. The first year before the season even started, uh, and they were still letting the players – come down to to the opposite side where they go into the to the locker room where the media would go in at the city national and the players different players every day would come up and they line up the kid it got so packed they had to line up the kids as to who was going to get the autograph actually it was fans then they said kids only right so there was one day it was just, this is this is this is before the season it was near the beginning but flurry was standing there and i asked him about you know that everybody that was left unprotected. They're coming in. There's really not a big expectation. There's not right. a big, you know, target or there's not a big goal. It's just a matter of getting the team. And he said, I don't know about that mentality in yeah, our locker room. Like, we we expect to win. Yeah. We're, we came here to win. What yeah. are you talking? You know, he 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 was very confident from day one and the, the there was no exhibition games. There was nothing. There was nothing had taken place yet. And this guy came in and said, "No, well, that's not the mentality we're coming with. That that may be the, what everybody else is saying, but we're we're coming here to win. We're coming here to compete." So he's that's the kind of attitude and positive, you know, mindset that he brings. And Stormy's right. I mean, when she, he says he takes a personal interest, when we were allowed in the locker room, he knew about certain ones. If you, if you if you had conversations with him, and he'd have conversations with you, and if he remembered something in particular, he may yeah. not who you would know who you were by name or whatever, right, right. but he'd ask. You got any comments on the mustache? He went from the goat to he the did. mustache. He, Not bad. He went from the uh, and Not and bad. holding M- with must, the mustache. Is, uh, is, is, mustache. Are, are we going to start seeing? Maybe maybe it's a trend, and then all of a sudden they're all going to have mustaches for the Stanley Cup. Maybe maybe Cofield and Company should go with the mustaches. Yeah, that's uh, it is not going to happen. You're not going to do it. I'll do it. I, I get an unbelievable I, barbershop I, I just, quartet mustache. Big now it's one. two weeks in a row where I've gone from special guest or the late night thing to now I feel like I'm in the company and now I might get booted from the company (laughs) if I don't shave the (laughs) coatee. You gotta shave, buddy. You gotta look horrible with a mustache. Quick update, Islanders have tied it. It's one-to-one. Want more Cofield and Company? The guys are back with their late night pod tonight at 1030. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Take your hand in there, Dave. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. James Harden's return not so good for the Nets to this point. Uh, they had four points at like 642 left in the first. Now, what is it, Bucks lead? 22 to 10, 315 left in the first. Damn. And we're at the end of one in Tampa. 
The Islanders and Lightning are tied at one goal apiece, and there's a ton of fights going on. So Good ones? Yes. All right. <laughs> so something to watch as soon as we get out of here, both of those games, the NBA. Absolutely. And the NHL. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Speaking of fights, uh, you have any insight on what the hell was going on at the end of the uh, night series against the Avs in the stands? I do. So there was a the video that went viral. Everybody's putting it out there on these Instagram pages, whatever. So a Vegas Golden Knights fan mistakenly. I don't know. I don't want to use the word drunkenly, but, you know, I mean, I don't know who. But anyway, he goes down and he swipes this avalanche flag off the seats that it was draped over some seats in front of two Colorado Avalanche fans, snags it, runs up the stands. The fan goes up to get the flag, get it back. And some pushing and shoving start, and the Avalanche fan sort of, I don't know if he started swinging, the the video's out there, but a Golden Knights fan grabbed the, the Avalanche fan and pulled him by the back of the collar backwards, and another person sort of got on top, not on top of him, but was just was standing over, and they were holding him down. They were not swinging on him, beating on him. They were just holding him down and literally said, you know, we're telling him, calm down, calm down. And the video cuts off because there's people all of a sudden, and at some point the guy returned to his seat. The problem is that all of a sudden – the Vegas Golden Knights fans who broke up the fight are catching flack saying, this is what's wrong with sports. It's a bad look on Vegas that you did this. It's not really a bad look because they were pulling an avalanche fan or the two off of the Golden Knights fan. Now, granted, the first guy shouldn't have never went down and grabbed the flag. That was the first mistake. That shouldn't have happened. Right. But the bottom line is the, he was preventing a fight. Then Metro came over. Asked what was going on. It was set. It was clear. Everybody was calm. Tempers were, you know, they went. They went down. But, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where you know you see something that goes viral, or you see something and you don't know the whole story, and you automatically react and you start pointing your finger and blaming and this and that. And the bottom line is, the two Golden Knights fans, and I know one of them. That's how I know what took place. I'm not going to get into who it was because it's that's it's nobody's business. But the bottom line is, is the guy was trying to put out a fire, which he did, calmed the guy down, did not take a punch, did not take a swing, and settled it down. And the guy ended up back in his seat, and that was it. It was over. The part is that little bit that catches viral, and all of a sudden, this looks bad on Vegas, and this and that. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, what I found ironic is that the tempers flare from the Avalanche fan was one night later when the, the, the video of the Nuggets fan went viral. I know you saw that. Yep. So Denver's very angry. There's some angry fans out there in Denver. <laughs> Too bad. Stick your hand in there, Dave. The Knights are trying to take over the, what do we call it, the Mountain West. You saw that they announced Frozen Fury series. You know, no more MGM like the old days. Kings oh. and Knights will play three years in a row now in Salt Lake. Exhibition play. Huh. Yeah. That's going down. Uh, it'll be September 30th, 2021. Kings Knights at uh, Vivint Arena. Well, you remember when they first got here, what Bill Foley said, that yep. he was going to take over the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this was a big series that they just won. Now they're going up to Salt Lake, and he's Bill Foley, man. He said, you know, he's 
He's a man that's on a mission. He said what he's going to do, and he's doing it. So he's driving the Golden Knights through the Rockies. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right. We're out of here. Willie, great job. We appreciate it. Thanks to Ari for booking up a great show today, to Angel for setting the show up, and thanks to the folks here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers for housing the show. Peace.